You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about a problem that I think we have across the industry that we need to address sooner rather than later. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to make sure that you've headed on over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook if you are a gym owner, All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners if you are a coach or a coach and owner, and nextgenowners.com to check out all of the offerings of Next Generation Gym Owners Academy. Wow, I didn't say that well at all. Uh, Where you can also book a call to hop on the phone with me or Justin or one of our team to learn more about what it means to join the Academy and how that can help you grow your business. Now, I'm going to get into the episode, which is titled Houston, We Have a Problem. And it is a major problem that I think we have in the cheerleading industry. And it was talked about a little bit by Jeff Benson. Uh, when we were at our conference, He, in his keynote, he was talking about uh, some of the focus on perfection. And he was also talking about growth mindset and how to you know create a psychologically safe environment for athletes. Uh, he also talked about it in some of his classes. And then I kind of had this aha moment this weekend uh, at our competition. And uh, that aha moment was kind of random. Uh, so I'm going to explain what happened and then I'm going to tell you kind of where I think we went wrong. And I'm going to talk about, you know, some of my concerns and then some of the things I think we could be doing differently, um, which it's one of those everything started with good intentions and now we're kind of in a weird spot. So we are putting this pressure on athletes that I don't know if it is fully healthy. And we, I, I'm a big believer in pressure. I'm a big believer in training athletes to be better versions of themselves and not being easy on them, right? Uh, because life is hard and, and they need to have hard experiences and they need to be able to perform under stress. They need to be able to do all of those things. But this happened this last weekend where uh, our junior three team was going into, uh, into finals. They were in second place. They were first in line for uh, an at-large bid to summit. They were in line for it. They would have, should have been getting it. And the very first stunt sequence, the first stunt hit, and then there was a transition and it went bad. And one of the flyers fell and she was caught. And legitimately, I'm I'm not even joking that in her cradle, as she was falling into her cradle, you could see the look on her face. And she looked, made eye contact with me and her other coach and I I don't coach the team, but made eye contact with us. And you could just see, she was like, I just ruined it for everyone. Like that was literally the realization that she had in that moment of like, I just cost this for the team because our coaches told us we got a hit today. We had a drop yesterday. We were lucky to be in second. The team behind us had a drop. So we got, we, if we're going to stay here, we've got to actually hit our routine and I didn't hit and I dropped right at the beginning of the routine and you could just see that happen with her. And on top of that, I also had an experience with my own daughter who Jeff and I chatted about on 
the podcast who has a major perfection streak. Uh, and she had a bobble on day one. And I mean, she was devastated. I mean, just, you know, Hey, I was having the whole conversation with her of like, Hey, issues happen. Like people have deductions. It's okay. Uh, and she's like, it's not okay for me though. I can't have that. And so the, the Houston, we have a problem is a couple things. Number one is we are too focused as an industry on the zero. And I understand where it came from. I understand that it came from a, a good intention world of, Hey, don't worry about your placement. Worry about hitting zero right? It, yes, you may not get first place, but you hit your routine. You did your best. It was about putting your best foot forward. And we would give out these buttons, you know, you get your hit zero button and we would post videos about it. You know, this team hit zero and hitting zero became kind of the be all end all of success. And back when it first started, it was kind of at a time and maybe I'm, I'm getting old and I'm not remembering this correctly, but there were lots of teams that would hit zero and the top three, four teams had zero deduction routines. Now I feel like more and more and more, I'm seeing teams win their division over teams that hit zero, even though they had a deduction because they scored high enough on execution and all these other areas. So even though they had a drop, they still win because they had enough skills in their routine to hedge their bets. And they, you know, didn't cost them any of their drivers and they still go out and win the division even though another team hit zero and hitting zero became kind of this elusive thing where it was like, well, now I'm, uh, we sucked if we didn't hit zero. And at least if we got second place, but hit zero, we could be proud of that. But what if we got second place and didn't hit zero? Now it's just this utter failure and I didn't hit. And it, it has created this environment for athletes where the moment something goes wrong, the moment there's an issue, they know they didn't hit zero. Like if that athlete touches down, if that athlete has a bobble, you know, in their head, they're like, I messed it up. I ruined it for the team. And it creates this kind of negative atmosphere for the kid. Instead of being like, Hey, you touched down. It's okay. It's 0.25. Like who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not that big a deal. It's probably not going to cost us the win. And if it does, that means we didn't do well enough in other categories. So it's yes. Like we, we have the pursuit of the zero and I understand it came from good intentions, but, and I'm not even saying we have to do away with pins. I'm not saying anything like that. I, obviously there's going to be deductions. I'm saying to that taking away the emphasis on the zero is important as a coach. And I'm going to give you the flip side of this, which is something that I did this last weekend. So my level four team, they won, which was awesome. They had an amazing weekend, but they didn't hit zero. And in fact, on day one, we open with five stunts while people tumble and they open with these low to high ticks. And one of them didn't hit right in the beginning within the first three, eight counts, we had a drop, but then they got back up and they did their kick full. And instead of allowing myself to go to that place where I'm like, dang it, and not be celebrating for the kids and be excited at the front of the mat, I just went ham. I like was, yeah, it's great. Oh my gosh, it looks so good. I, I wasn't holding up the zero sign. I wasn't lying to them, but I was freaking out, like giving them the thumbs up. Like, yeah, you got it. You're doing great. And their energy kept going. It kept building. And they ended that routine. It was fire. The entire arena was lit up. Like 
everyone was into it, even if they weren't fans of our program, because they were just killing the mat. And it would have been so easy to be focused on the zero to be like, well, you lost it, right? You didn't hit. That was our goal is to go out and hit. And we didn't hit. They still won. They still actually earned a bid, but they didn't hit their routine. So I had to change the way I reacted and realize, go, Hey, it's okay. Like it's growth. We're getting better. And you had a great routine otherwise. So you had three seconds of your routine today. Wasn't great. and wasn't perfect, but the rest of it was fantastic. So why are we fixated on that three seconds? The other thing I think we're doing, and I don't know how we fix this, is the focus on perfection. Like we at some point in time have to allow kids to make mistakes and it not be something that they are yelled at for. Like, yes, they can still get the correction, but they have to have the the freedom to make errors. And I've talked about this before on other episodes, but it's so pointed. Uh, One of my good friends, we coached our world's team together for quite a few years. And this was back when we were large co-ed. So we create, we were the only large co-ed gym from the Pacific Northwest uh, in the world's division. And uh, we had some really good years, but we coached those kids hard. Like we had to, because we grow these kids. Like we don't get a, a ton of kids moving here to join our teams. Like it happens every once in a while, just like it does for everyone, but we don't have people flying from all over. And I'm not doing a woe is me sob story. I'm just saying to get to the level that we get those kids to, it is a hard push. Like we are putting kids on the team that don't have all the skills, knowing that we're going to train them. We're, we're putting them on based on potential. We're not whittling down from, you know, 45 people down to our 32 we're starting with 26 and then finding more people throughout the year to get to those large co-ed numbers that we got to. And when she retired from coaching, she told me, she said, Dan, I can't tell you how great it is to be able to go home at night and not be angry over a kid not doing their high V on the right count. And that has always stuck with me as, and it's something that Jeff talked about, right? Like, in his keynote, he talked about putting your self-worth in the performance of a 12-year-old. And it's just such a critical statement. Like we have to be able to find that balance between pushing for perfection, but understanding that it is truly an unattainable goal and enjoying the journey in the pursuit and teaching the kids to enjoy the journey of the pursuit of of perfection, the elusive thing that they will actually never attain. And it's important to tell them that it's okay not to be perfect. And I had this happen for me this last week with that level four team I was talking to you about. Um, I've already told Jeff about this. I came back from our conference and my level four team has had been having some struggles. We'd just come back from winter break. So they weren't all there. And I walked into Tuesday's practice and I turned to my co-coaches and I go, Hey guys, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to channel the Jeff Benson today. Like I have high expectations. They're going to live up to them. I'm I'm going to be a tough coach today. And they did their first full out and it was bad. Like I'm not even joking. Horrible. And I was mad. I was not happy with them because it was next level awful. And instead of going off on them and instead of being like, you know, you're horrible and you suck and I can't believe you're, you're being like this. 
um, which I would never say you suck, but you know what I mean? Like instead of just giving it to them, I took a deep breath and I talked to them about what was going on. And we had a whole conversation about uh, what the problem was. I went to them and I said, you guys, what is, we can't do this. We cannot have a perfect warm up, do all this stuff, go out and then have, you know, no stunts in the air. And that just can't occur. So you tell me, what is the issue? And one of the kids raised their hand and they were like, um, you know, giving 100% effort. People aren't, and I go, okay, raise your hand if you're not giving 100%. Like, I understand it may not have hit, but you tell me, like, honestly, who is out there not trying 100%? And of course, no one raised their hand. I said, right, because I don't think any of you are not giving it your all. And for me, giving 100% is giving 100% of the capacity you have that day right? You may be sick as a dog. So your hundred percent is not equal to what you're capable of giving hundred percent on when you're feeling healthy, but I still expect you to give everything you have that day. So we agreed that that was not the issue. It wasn't that people weren't trying hundred percent. So we, we wiped that clean. I said, okay, so we know people are trying hard. I go, but are we trying hard in the right ways? Are we actually putting in the effort in the right manner? right? Because you could be that person standing at a door that says pull on it and you are pushing as hard as you possibly can. And that door's not going to open. Like you are doing, you're, you're trying as hard as you can. You're giving a hundred percent effort, but you're giving a hundred percent effort in the wrong way. And so if we give a hundred percent effort in our stunts, but we're just chucking things and we're not focused on the things that we're doing where we're trying in the wrong manner. And so we had a conversation about presence and not presence like Christmas, uh, presence, being present in the moment. And I asked them, I said, hey, who here is when they're in a section of the routine worried about something that is to come or has come or has already passed? And like everyone raised their hand. I'm like, there's our problem. You're in one moment, but you're thinking three steps ahead. You're not present here and you have to win it one eight count at a time, one skill at a time. You have to be fully present and fully invested in the moment that you are in, in order to execute that as well as you're capable. If you're only giving it 70% of your attention because 30% of your attention is focused somewhere else, you're less likely to be successful. And we had a whole conversation about that and we did some more full outs and they, on their fourth full out, they hit. And then the next practice, I 100% did not live up to that standard. They did their first full out and they started and it was next level bad again. And I, I did speak loudly telling that. And I told them, I said, if you guys aren't going to be here, if you're not going to be present, if you're not actually going to take advantage of these minutes in the gym, then what are we doing? We're wasting our time. And if you don't want to be here, then please don't, then please go join a class or do something else because there are people here who want to be fully invested. And, and that includes full investment of your mentality, right? Yeah. I need to be present here in this moment. I need to be able to deliver right? I can't just only show up when it feels good or comfortable. And we had that conversation. It was a great practice. They recovered from it. They did phenomenal and they had a great weekend. But because we shifted the focus away from the perfection and I actually had a conversation, I, I'll, I'll digress one more second. I did not write this script. I'm just talking to you guys. I had a conversation with them uh, at the end of both practices where I said, 
no, it wasn't perfect, but sometimes good is great. Good enough can be absolutely great sometimes when it wasn't good before. So yes, we're pursuing the, the perfect routine that we can't mess up, but that's impossible. The best basketball players in the world, the best athletes ever have had issues, have had off days are we're always going to pursue and we're always going to try to be a better version of ourselves. But that's all I can ask for is that you continue to push and continue to try to be a better team, a better routine, a better person, a better teammate every single day. And reframing things like that, I think was very important for that team was very important for me. Um, and is something I think we as an industry need to remind ourselves of is that at the end of the day, these are kids who we have the opportunity and the privilege to mentor. And although I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying you have to be rainbows and sunshine. I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you can't be tough on them. I'm not saying you can't be demanding because I think those things have benefit, but it has to come from a place of love. It has to come from a place of wanting the best for them and wanting them to be successful. It can't come from a place of insecurity in your own self-worth. And I think that is the hardest part because we as coaches, we invest so much of ourselves, of our heart and our soul and our energy. And we, we watch videos and we review routines and we look at bids and we do all of this stuff just to try and help our kids get that little edge up. And it can sometimes be very exhausting when you don't feel like they're living up to what you're, what they're capable of. And you feel like that's a failure on yourself. You take extreme ownership of that. And sometimes you have to remember that these are human beings who have their own free will and we cannot control everything. We just have to do our best to guide them to make the good decisions. The last big thing that I think we are headed towards a, a critical mass in is the focus on end of season events. Now, some of you have already gotten past it and I think it's fantastic. Good for you, but training your families and your athletes to not make the entire season about making it to a prestigious end of season event. Cause really what is that saying? Well, the majority of people are not going to go and win summit or D2 summit or all-star worlds. So you get to have a really great experience, but you are fighting and perseverating over this opportunity to go spend a whole ton of money to compete at an event that you're probably not going to win. And that's okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but the focus needs to not only be on that. If everything you do is focused on making it to the end of season, it makes for a very miserable year and it can make for a very uh, disappointing season if you don't make it. And I think that puts an undue stress on kids. And I've seen that stress firsthand because world's teams have always had it and it's always been stressful, right? You get, you're stressed out until you get your world's bid. Well, now it's the same thing. You're stressed out until you get your summit bid or you're stressed out until you get your all-star world's bid. And for summit, you know, you're stressed out until you get your at-large summit bid or your wildcard bid, but then you're stressed out until you get a paid bid because you got to keep upgrading. And I think that we have, we've created a monster in our industry that I worry for. Do I have the solution? No. The answer is continue to train your parents that it's not all about the end of season. Continue to train your athletes that it's not all about the end of season because before you know it, you're going to be at the end of season and that two minutes and 30 seconds is going to be the determining factor in people's minds of whether or not you were successful that year. And it just shouldn't be. 
It really just shouldn't be. And I'm, I'm telling you this from the perspective of someone who's gone to worlds and, and placed well, we've, we've made it to finals, we've beaten talented teams and we've had, but we've never won and we've gone to worlds and we've not made finals. And if that is your be all end all of whether or not you win, whether or not you make it finals, whether or not like, yes, it's good to set goals, but don't let that be the defining thing of your season. All right, everyone, I've dumped a lot of different thoughts on you and I haven't given you a ton of answers. As you leave the episode, the big thing I want you to do is just, just think about these things and go, am I, am I not contributing to the problem? Am I doing things the right way? And if you are great, good for you. I'm you're fantastic. That's great. Keep going. Then look at are my coaches. And if they are great, you are killing the game. If they're not, then reorient. If you're not figure out how you can reorient to have things better align with creating that safe environment for athletes to make failure and grow. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, check out some other podcasts. I've got our little uh, collab here at the end of the episode. So make sure you check that out. But Jason Larkin's podcast, Let's Talk to Your Podcast and the Cheer Mom Podcast. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer, so why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parents' perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.